Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the third season of the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. If you haven't already done it, go ahead and click that subscribe button. We hope that you'll check us out also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok and find out more about content. Of course, we encourage you to also check out the website at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's program. From time to time on the podcast, we will use Bible classes and sermons that were delivered at the Somerdale Church of Christ in Somerdale, Alabama, or other locations where I've had the opportunity to speak. And so this particular broadcast is one of those sermons from Somerdale. We hope that you enjoy it. You know, throughout Scripture, even in the Old Testament, there are several times that individual leaders are singled out. Uh, individuals that were supposed to take the lead. Some God himself specifically chose to lead. Others, in fact, find their way into leadership, unsure of how they got thrust into the limelight, as they say. But as the different leaders come across the page, they challenge us to see ourselves in them. How would I feel if I were in Moses' shoes? How would I feel if I were in Daniel's shoes or David's shoes? Should some situation arise and I'm put in the same type of a situation? The scriptures remind us that those leaders are there not because it's optional, but because God needs them. God needs good, godly leaders that are willing to follow him and to lead others. When God wants to accomplish some great purpose... Notice in the, all the way back to Genesis, and being able to leave his nation, lead his nation out in a way uh, to be able to have a, a special promised land that he has designed for them. He calls Abraham to do it. Whenever he wants to save uh, this small family, he calls Noah to build an ark to save his family. Continuing on through scripture, story after story, God calls or influences or encourages someone somewhere to step forward to take the lead. And now it's tough to be in a leadership position. I've been preaching for 26 years now, full-time. And it's tough to be a minister. It's tough to be an elder or a deacon or a teacher or any specific role that you may have. It's always difficult to be able to accept those particular roles. But we know that God will bless us in stepping forward and being willing to serve. These men that are mentioned here in Acts 6 are men that, that God's, God had encouraged them to have great leaders, and the apostles say, we're going to just have to appoint some men. Some call them deacons. That's not the name that they're given. But the idea is that they are servants to serve the church. And I want you to notice there, as Chase read for us just a moment ago, in verse 3, he says, uh, uh, Peter wants them to seek out certain individuals. The uh, all elders, the apostles are saying, seek out men from among you, seven men of good reputation full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer. It's the ministry of the Word. The idea for this month, as we're going through the fruit of the Spirit this year, is we're going to start talking about faithfulness. And we outlined a few months ago the topics for this month. We already knew what each Sunday would be. And we decided that this Sunday we want to talk about what it means to be a strong leader, to be a faithful leader leader in God's kingdom. This is a great example of what, it need, what you need. These are some great qualities that we need to be able to, to have. And I want to add to this a few additional thoughts. One is, first of all, we need to see the responsibility that a leader would have today in the church. 
let's kind of navigate through this a little bit and think about some of the things that are listed here in this specific list. The first of all is it says that they are full of the Holy Spirit. Did you see that? Full of the Holy Spirit. Men that are to lead. Now we can talk about that being the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit, which probably is exactly what it's talking about. Men that were able to do some amazing things. But even today, when we're looking for, for individuals to lead the church, we need men that are spiritual. We need men that lead their families in spiritual ways. We need individuals. In fact, in the, in the church, every person <clears throat> should ach- achieve the standard of spirituality looking at these great examples in Scripture. Church leaders have to possess that. We want to follow Jesus. We want to be spirit-filled leaders. That ought to be a reality in our lives. Next week we'll talk about parenting. And this will be the same thought that we as fathers in our homes, mothers in our homes, we need to be more spiritual. Our our children need to see us being spiritual. Not saying I'm going to pray with you, but literally praying with them. Not you need to read your Bible, but let's read our Bible. Not that you need to go to church, but let's go to church. Let's go to worship together. Let's be in this as a family unit. Spiritual reality. The second thing that I notice here, and and I want to make this clear again with talking about the full of the Holy Spirit, is an understanding of biblical authority. To recognize a leader, uh, we see that, that God ultimately is the one who established the church, right? It's Christ's church. That's what's on the sign. That's what we call ourselves. We call ourselves Christians. And there has to be some kind of an authority that we answer to. I often have conversations with people in the community, and I try, I used to be real, uh, I guess, offended if somebody in the community would call me pastor. You know, and I, I, I know a lot of preachers that did. They'd say, now, wait a minute, that's, I don't meet those qualifications of 1 Timothy 3. I don't get so offended anymore. Uh, I guess that means because I look older, <laughs> look more like an elder, I'm gray-headed. But when I hear that term, we know that the, the Bible tells us that there are certain men that meet that quality of a pastor, of an elder. And those are individuals that the church has set forth, said we want them to lead us. But even the shepherds of the church are not the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. And it is his standard that we follow. And so our elders, our deacons, our teachers, ministers, leaders need to stand upon the authority of God on his word. That's important if we're going to be faithful, as we're faithful to him and to the standard. In fact, they say, these these men, the apostles say, hey, look, we need to be out teaching and preaching. So we need you to stay here and do these particular jobs. We have... Uh, an answer that we have to give to God ultimately for what we do. The third thing here in this list is personal integrity. Notice as we begin to see the character of these men fleshed out, it talks about how they're going to minister to the widows. It talks about how that they, they need to be able to, to take care of certain business, and they need to be trusted. Last week or two weeks ago on Wednesday nights, we went through the list in 1 Timothy 3, and uh, we will get there in Titus this Wednesday night of qualifications for our elders, for our shepherds. And the list is primarily made up of things about their character. And that is that when we have leaders, we need men and women leading in, with good, good integrity, good character, that people say that is a, a really, really good person. And so we have to begin to look at those qualities early on in life. I said Wednesday that it's really not the fault of our older members who haven't met the qualities. It's we didn't teach them 
early enough in life. It needs to be taught to our children. These are the qualities that you should try to attain. These are the things that you should pursue. You can't talk to a 60 or a 70-year-old woman about Proverbs 31. That should have been taught to their children, to the little ones when they were younger. Same thing for the men. If you want to have a good shepherd in the church, you need to talk to them when they're young about what it means to be a good shepherd in the church. So really, it's the generation before us. But nevertheless, we need to teach our people today about what it means to be a person of integrity, to be a great leader. James talks a little bit about that. Peter talks a little bit about that. But the idea here is they say we need some men that are going to step forward and do this and do it in the right way. The fourth thing I see here is this moral purity. Now, this is a great response to a problem. Have you ever had somebody come to you with a problem and they just want to gripe about it? They don't have a solution in mind? I usually will say, well, that's a good question, or that's a good thought. Why don't you be in charge of that? But somebody says, I, I, I think this needs to be done. I need that needs to be done. And I love the leadership. Early on in the church's history, they respected the apostles. And they said, we got to fix this. And notice the widows are the ones that are being neglected. Sometimes, as a leader... We can be so focused on preaching or teaching or the business part of the work of the church that we forget that the church is not the building but the people. And the church is not what's in the bank account. The church is not how many numbers are on all the signs and things. It's about the people. And in ministry and work of the church, we've got to focus on people. It's about souls. It's about soul winning. It's about not just bringing people in, but keeping the saved saved. And so these men say we need individuals that are going to take care of the needs of the widows. Going on through the New Testament, we see this over and over and over, this thought. James talks about this, that we need to make sure that we see pure and undefiled religion includes caring for, looking after those that cannot care for themselves. And then finally, this practical humility. A Christian leader is a servant. They had to humble themselves to serve tables. I had a man one time, I won't say where I was, but I uh, was uh, visiting this congregation. I had, had been there a few times. I ended up placing membership there as a young person. But I overheard one of the men in the parking lot there was a bunch of kids that would always hang out in the church parking lot on Saturday night. So there was some beer bottles in one of, the, one of the parking spaces. And we had very limited parking anyway. And so a guy calls across the parking lot and he says, hey, would you mind picking up those bottles? And he looked at him and he said, I'm not on the cleaning out the parking lot committee. Just like that. And sometimes people say, well, you know, I don't want to do that. Somebody else should be doing that. Somebody else should do that job. You ever notice at the fellowship meal that the trash doesn't take itself out? Sometimes at home, the trash will heap up and heap up to where the lid can't even close, you know? Somebody's got to take that thing out. Ah, I'm going to shove it down a little bit more, right? Somebody's got to take the garbage out. Ministry is about doing the things that nobody else wants to do. I had a preacher friend that his elders said, you got to go to the nursing home. you got to go to the nursing home. we got a lot of people in the nursing home. I don't, do, I don't like nursing home ministry. That's part of your job. You need to go and you need to visit our widows and, and those that are in the nursing home. So he finally got the nerve to go. And he walked in and the first lady he met 
He said, is there anything I can do for you? I'm going to pray for you. And she said, yes. She said, would you rub my feet? (laughs) And he said, what? She said, I need you to rub my feet. My feet hurt awfully bad. So she was laying in that bed. He sat down at the feet of this woman, and he rubbed her feet. Her feet were in terrible condition. And he left the nursing home and cried all the way home. Got up before the church that Sunday and told them what had happened. Even told the sister that this had happened too, whom I happened to know until she passed away. Ministry is doing the things that nobody else wants to do. Jesus washed his disciples' feet. These men were to serve the meals to the widows, to those in need. This is this humbleness Leaders are not supposed to lord over the flock, you know, pounding with the gavel. This is what you're going to do. Instead, we lead with humility. And finally, the second thought is there's a responsibility of us to the church leader. The first thing is that we've got to appoint them. We need to look for, we just appointed an elder here just a couple of weeks ago, and there will be times that we ask the church, We're looking for a deacon over this ministry, or we're looking to appoint an elder, or when we decide to hire a minister. And these things come up, we appoint them. We not only appoint them, we support the appointment of them. We get behind them. You ever had a a church, maybe it's happened here, where uh, they come through and we have several tryouts, and you got yours that you really like, and nobody else liked them, and so they hire somebody else. I had a lady tell me in one church, she said, you sure are sweet and you are a great preacher, but you are not the one I wanted to hire. (laughs) And I said, you know what? I bet that it's because you like the last guy better than any preacher you've ever met. And she goes, that's true. How did you know that? And I said, because the bar is set so high that you loved him and you, you, you really enjoyed hearing his preaching. And she said, yeah, that's, that's right. And I said, well, I, I'll never be him. I'm never going to be him in your eyes, but I hope that maybe you'll just see me for me, and I'll do the best that I can, and, and you do the best to love me, the best that you can. We support our church leaders. We pray for our leaders. There's three times in Hebrews where he begins to say, you need to support, honor, lift up those that are in leadership. How often do you pr- pray for our church leaders? It ought to be every single day. We ought to honor our church leaders. Let them know that they are loved and, and respected. First Timothy 5.17 says, Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. We honor them. We tell them that we're proud of them. And they have to make a lot of tough decisions. We follow them when they lead. We don't go against them. We don't talk about them. I've, I've heard people say, well, you go to lunch and you have fried elders and refried deacons, you know. I hope that's not the case. I hope when you leave here, your thoughts are positive. We wonder why sometimes our children are not faithful to the church when they leave the home. It's because when we've talked about spiritual things or we talked about church things, we've brought up negative things in their presence. And that ought not be the case. We ought to, as fact, as, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, Christ wants to present the church perfect and pure. A man should do that for his wife. He talks about her in a way of purity and respect. And so we should treat our elders with that kind of respect. And then finally, encourage them. You know who our elders are. Let them know that they are loved. Let them know that you want to encourage them, that you're there for them, that you support them, that you're going to pray for them. 
And they're building up the reputation of this church and this community. I've been at places before where we had really difficult elderships. I made a little joke yesterday in our elders and ministers meeting. Steve said, Ray, where's where's the treats, you know? And uh, I said, well, it depends on how good this meeting goes as to what kind of treats y'all get next time. But I was just teasing. But I've been in meetings before, and I've been a part of churches before where the eldership didn't get along, and there were problems. And it filters out to the congregation. We all get depressed and discouraged, and hey, what's going on And this? And I can tell you, we've got four great shepherds. They love the Lord. They love the Word of God, but they love you. They love you. And they do not serve because they have been forced into a position of leadership. They do it because they love the Lord and they love you. They want to see everything possible that we can do to reach more lost people done as long as there is breath within their lungs. Support them. Our deacons serve over various ministries. Our ministers preach and teach. Our teachers, everyone who leads, even you leading in your home, are an example of Jesus everywhere you go. Thank you for tuning into today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.